Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species is a radio program dedicated to raising awareness about issues concerning animals. The program is broadcast from the 3CR studios in Melbourne, Australia and streamed live via the 3CR website. Recent podcasts are available from both the 3CR and Freedom of Species websites. Welcome to Freedom of Species. I'm Kate Gracie and I'm currently in the studio with two great guests. But before I introduce them, chances are that you share your digs with a cat or a dog because most Australians do. And companion animals are simply ace. Not only do they not judge you, nor do they hold a grudge, studies show that sharing your space with a companion animal decreases stress and lengthens your life, among other very real benefits. And so you'd be forgiven for thinking that companion animals are the lucky ones, that they're safe from the horrors of exploitation faced by those others like farm animals and game animals. But no, we're going to hear today how for a very great many cats and dogs, the exploitation and suffering at the hands of humans is immense, quite possibly even greater than that of farm animals, as intense suffering is deliberately factored in. So let me introduce you to today's studio guests, who are going to explain... They are local representatives of the worldwide campaign to stop the cat and dog meat trade. And they're also the organisers of a rally next weekend here in Melbourne. So we're here with Tanya Milton. Hi, everyone. And Monique Lucci. Hello. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's great. It's a real pleasure. Now, Tanya, help me get some perspective of the size of this issue. What's the scale of the worldwide cat and dog meat trade. Okay, around 50 million cats and dogs are slaughtered annually around the world for human consumption. Where is this trade taking place? It is all over the world, predominantly Asian countries, Cambodia, China, Indonesia, Korea, Philippines, uh, Mexico, Polynesia, Switzerland. Switzerland? Switzerland. Wow. There is a... A chef in Switzerland, a very well-to-do, very well-known chef in Switzerland, who actually serves cat on right. his menu. So that's one chef. Is it a is it a cultural thing in Switzerland, or is that a one-off? No, it's a delicacy. Right. Wow. Okay. It's considered a, a delicacy. So okay, as just another source of, of meat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which and, is and where else? So did you, is that the full list of? No. Uh, we've got um, the Arctic and Antarctic regions. Dogs right. they cons- are consumed there by the Inuit people. Uh, India, South Africa, America, Australia, England, the list goes on. Wow. As you said, it's happening in Australia. Where are you talking about in Melbourne? Uh, all over Australia. Right. It's a, it's, it is an underground trade, if you could say, here in Australia. Not a great deal is known, 
Um, more and more is coming to light each day of, of the trade. How's it remained underground for so long? Why is it, how's it managed to evade public attention for so long? I think because people think cats and dogs are pets, that it just doesn't happen here. It is, why would we do it here? We, we have cats and dogs as pets. Um, why would we kill cats and dogs to consume? I think it's just very underground. Yeah, right. It's amazing that they've made it, that whoever is perpetrating this has managed to keep it so so discreet, for want of a better word, that, 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 it's, that it is so quiet. Because I imagine if people knew what's going on, they would be more than outraged. Mm. They're, they're, yes, they would be. There has been a documented case in Rockbank here in Melbourne back in 2014. A gentleman uh, had a property with over 100 clients who he was serving. Yeah, selling dog and dog meat. Um, goats. To, yeah, goats. He had uh, an emu, um, you know, other different animals um and he got raided by the police. Uh, I think it was back in 2011, wasn't it, Tanya? No, that 2014. Year? Oh, 14, sorry. This um, establishment was actually set up with a, what they call a dog or an animal deferring cylinder. Uh, or system. It's like a round cylinder Yeah. Uh, with prongs on yeah. the inside. They throw the animal into and it defers them. He was uh, in his Oh, shed. defer as in Defers. takes the fur yeah. off. Yeah. He had um, blowtorches, which is a, a common, a yeah, common right. source to defer an animal. Um, all that was set up in his, his garage. And, yeah. So was that, I mean, that, is that a one-off incident or is there a lot of that occurring? Is there any idea? Is there any idea of the extent of this trade within Australia, within our within our own Australian context? Is it? Because more it goes under sort of an animal cruelty case as opposed okay. to predominantly, you know, uh, a dog was slaughtered or a cat was slaughtered or skinned or whatever the case could be, um, that it's trying to find a, a nail, uh, sorry, a needle in a haystack. Yeah, right. You know, because so, it sort of gets all put together. Yeah. Um, so there, there definitely is cases of it happening here and there is articles about it that people can sort of search online and things like that. And just like how Tanya mentioned about Rockbank, um, about that fellow that was um, exposed, um, it is it is certainly happening here. It's just, yeah, it's, it's very, as she said before, sort of underground and, and whatnot. And is that, that Rockbank incident, is that... Um would that be a, a typical scenario of how it's occurring in Australia? Rockbank was quite a large operation. Okay. I think uh, a lot of the operations that are currently in Australia are... Uh, smaller. Smaller. Mm. They're in garages. Oh, right. Um, for example, uh, people may hear dogs barking one day and then the next day there's no dogs and then three days later there's dogs again. Um, a mm. lot of stray animals, a lot of animals advertised on Gumtree... Yeah, right. Um, can go to these places. It's all relatively um, new findings in Australia because it's never really been exposed. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot of investigation going on. It's probably the best way to put it mm. and can't really sort of say much more than that. Mm. Yeah, okay. So the police are involved in in this? They're taking an interest? Yes. Good. You're talking a lot of these strays and the and the and the gum tree giveaways. So they're they're finding their way onto mm. dinner plates. Um, what about this? I know there's a lot of dogs being stolen. Mm-hmm. Is are they also that's also going to mm-hmm. the trade? Yeah. So are people buying and eating 
cat and dog meat in Australian restaurants? Like if I go to a cafe, a cafe in Richmond, is it something that might appear on the menu but it's called something else or is it something that someone might have to order specially or is it really just happening in private homes? Well, you'd say it's sort of majority of it's private homes and private sort of consumption. Um, but in terms of selling in different restaurants and things like that, um, it's something that you could ask for something specifically and it would be sort of, you know, like, oh, can I have the purple flower, for example, today, yeah. that it would be sort of hush-hush that people wouldn't really know about. Um, and that's how they're, I guess, consuming, okay. you know, dogs and cats in restaurants. Um, but I think that's as much as we can sort of say there. It's quite confidential at the moment. Yeah, okay. Um, but there is cases of it, yeah, of right. it happening. Because yeah, you have to remember that um, dogs and cats aren't on the regulated uh, food list, so to speak, like chickens and cows and pigs. Yeah. So to actually be up front saying you're serving cat and dog in restaurants in Australia would land you in a lot of yeah, a lot of strife, lot wouldn't of it? Yeah. yeah. So like you're suggesting that there might be this kind of code words that's used in restaurants yes. if you if you want that. Yeah. Which I yes. think might happen with, with shark fins as well, isn't exactly. that something like yeah, the shark fin? Exactly right. Correct. Exactly right. It's yeah, yeah it's not it's that saying, like, it's not what you know, it's who you know sort of thing, yeah, you know, right. and this is sort of the same sort of thing as that, that um, if you know the sort of code words and yeah. you're after that particular yeah. item, then, you know, you know how to sort of get it. Right. Um, but for, for you or I or, or Tanya or any sort of Joe Blow, you wouldn't really have a clue that it's yeah. sort of happening, would yeah. you? Because yeah. you don't know what to ask for. Yeah, right. Um, I actually had a message last night from a gentleman who's been following what we've been doing and he has named two uh, two restaurants, one in Victoria and one in New South Wales, which we will be doing some more investigation at a later mm-hmm. date. Um, he believes a serving cat. Right. Yeah. So we'll so follow it, that up. We yeah. have, no, have no proof at yeah. this stage, but we will follow that up. Yeah, cool. Very it's shortly, a good good so. tip off. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. What's the main driver behind the trade? Like, is it a cultural dietary preference or is it, or is it regarded as cheap meat or is it, like, maybe it's a byproduct of the fur industry or or even like a you know people see medicinal benefits from eating it like they do with um like they do with what is it like ivory and stuff yeah. like that so what is what's what's actually going on here why why is this trade occurring at all okay originally and and, and this depends too on what country you're in at the time mm-hmm. um uh, the poorer countries, poorer, poorer provinces, um, as in China, yes, they eat cat and dog for, for consumption because it's part of their dietary Requi- intake. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Korea, yeah. uh, they're farmed. Dogs are actually farmed are the same as yeah. pigs, cows in Australia here. So you mean it becomes more commercial there? It's commercial there. As they're, opposed to the poor provinces where it's just yes. subsistence? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And yeah. just to survive, it's more survival, isn't yeah. it, for the poorer yeah. sort of areas that they consume yeah. dogs and cats. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yep. So Korea, it's, it's become, it's a commercial industry? Has been, yes, for many, many years. Okay. Yeah, we've got 12,500 uh, farmed farm, wow. farms for, for dogs, for the yellow dog, for the toaster dog. 12,500 farms, farms for the dogs. Wow. Yeah. yeah, 250 million dogs are consumed in Korea. 250 million what, annually? Annually. Wow. So that's a major part of their diet. Yes. Mm. yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and a lot of the dogs are bred in these farms. They they never step foot on land. They will live in a cage from the time they're born till the time they're sorted. They so they have no human interaction, really, do yeah. they? 
So why is it? So what, what's driving the meat, the, the cat and dog meat trade here in Australia? Then, if we don't have those, we don't have those two elements. We don't have subsistence living, as in the poor provinces of China. We don't have a commercial industry, as in Korea. What's driving it here in Australia? Could even be, I guess, um, like a delicacy as such. Okay. People look at it as a delicacy, like other sort of, I guess, exotic animals mm-hmm. that they might consume, mm-hmm. um, and. Also for people that are a bit curious, I guess, you know, what's dog and cat sort of taste like? Is it the same as, you know, what a pig or a sheep or a a goat, for example, would sort of taste like? Um, And there is people that are in Australia that it's something that they might have consumed growing up, that they've moved to Australia and, you know, they've consumed it for years and years and years and it's just what they know really um so that could be a you know or that is i guess another driving factor as to why it's being consumed here in australia okay i understand that the relevant cat and dog meat laws here in australia aren't particularly straightforward um can you talk me through those those laws in both perhaps both state and federally Mm -hmm. okay in all states and territories in australia except for south South Australia. australia it is still legal to consume dog and cat meat Mm-hmm. Uh, in South Australia, it's totally illegal. Cannot consume, cannot kill, cannot sell cat okay. and dog meat. Um, but for the rest of Australia, you can eat a cat and dog. You just can't sell, sell it. Or if it's found that you've killed the animal inhumanely, what we class as inhumane, you can be charged. Okay. But so if you killed it, if you killed an, if you killed a cat or a dog. In whatever's regarded as a humane fashion, God forbid, whatever's yeah. however yes. you yeah. can kill an animal humanely, yeah. which is yes. absurd. Yeah, but exactly. in the eyes of the law, if you can kill it humanely, yes. you can eat it. Correct. Absolutely, wow. and you've done nothing. If you know, if someone was to sort of take you to court for that, well, hang on, I killed he or she humanely. Yeah, according to our laws. Well, yeah. sorry, you know, you, you sort of down. walk away. Okay, it comes down to the magistrate's discretion. Okay. So South Australia is the only state where it is completely outlawed. The whole lot is outlawed. Yes. So what was it that made South Australia put its foot down so categorically Mm. like that? And and are there any any lessons that we can learn from that campaign? Yeah. I think that's something that we're now um, looking into to actually see as to why that was um, prohibited in South Australia, what sort of led them to, to change their laws. Um, so yeah, it, it is something that we're, we're sort of looking into and it's sort of going down the rabbit hole mm-hmm. as per se to try and find when that sort of came into effect and, and why and speaking to the right people and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it is something that we're, we're looking at to, to then try and, you know, obviously bring it here that we want to prohibit the consumption of dog and cat meat Australia wide, yeah. not just South Australia, but yeah, we're, we're not too sure as to yet to why they sort of push that and why it is illegal there. Yeah, okay. Do, do you know how long it's been illegal there? Do you know what the time frame is? No. 1986. Oh, a while. Yeah. A good, a long time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Yes. The, the rest of us are so slow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We need to sort of move along, don't we? Yeah, yeah. Like, let's catch up. <laughs> that's right. Who, who are the target communities and what assistance are you getting from within them? So I guess in Australia... There's not, it's a generalization, really. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, Chinese, Korean, Australian, you know, European. Um, we're getting support from sort of all, all cultures with it. We, we've got a lot of, um, I've got a lot of 
Chinese American friends mm-hmm. that yeah. are, are doing amazing stuff with the dog meat trade. They, from a young age, have been brought up in their, their home countries and, and moved to America. So they've eaten dog and cat yep, right. um, as part of what they were led to believe was culture. Because yep. um, it's what they did yep. uh, since moving and, and getting away from it. They're doing great work trying to change legislation in America. And So within those within those Chinese communities, so they're working mm. within the communities? Yes. That's fabulous. Yes. Yeah, yep. Is that occurring in Australia? Is there, is there a, an equivalent of um, Chinese Australians or Korean Australians? Yeah, sort of starting, isn't it? It's, it's great. sort There's... of getting on its feet. Yeah, I think because it's it's not very well known here because it's quite hidden, as we spoke about mm. before, um, as opposed to America and you know and different countries. So it's sort of just getting on its feet, and I think once it sort of gets more momentum and, and awareness, that that will sort of drive. Um, you know, certain people to sort of get on board and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's it's not huge yet, if that makes sense. Yeah, right. Just sort of bringing that bringing that up. Are your target communities some of the Asian communities? Are they the Are they the ones that you're concentrating on? Yes. Okay. Yes. So so that you've got people within those communities that are assisting. Yes. That's yes. fantastic. Now let's just have a, a music break. And then we'll come back and talk yep. more. But um, you've got a song that you recommended, yes. Monique. Yeah. Um, it's called Enough Is Enough. Um, and it's it's basically speaks about animal abuse um, predominantly with dogs. And we just thought it was really fitting for what's happening to dogs. And, you know, the, the lyrics are really nice. And Yeah, cool. Yeah, it just sits close to our hearts, I guess. It, yeah. And do you know the artist? That I'm not quite sure. Okay. Um, I just know it's called Enough Is Enough. Okay, we'll look up the artist and we'll tell you yeah. at the end. Okay. Great. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Turn up their level. Located in the heart of Thornbury, the Islamic Museum of Australia showcases the cultural and artistic heritage of Australian Muslims. Don't miss our latest youth-based exhibition, Ways to Be Muslim, and immerse yourself in a series of photographic portraits and unique personal narratives. This exhibition is hosted in partnership with Muslim Collective and the Victorian State Government and is showing until July 8th. Visit the museum website for more information. The Islamic Museum of Australia is a 3CR supporter. Want to support 3CR's diverse and independent voices? Donate now by calling 9419 8377 or donate online at www.3cr.org.au or post us a cheque or money order to Post Office Box 1277 Collingwood 3066. This is David Rovix, and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55 a.m., Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do, and everything can change. You're listening to 3CR, and this is Freedom of Species. We're in the studio chatting with local representatives from the worldwide campaign to end the trade in cat and dog meat. That last song you heard was Enough is Enough. It's a New Zealand artist, Tiki 
Ta'ana. Tiki Ta'ane. 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 We got it. <laughs> Something like that. Apologies to the artist if I completely mangled that. So last year I remember that um, Animals Australia exposed the dog meat trade in Bali and mm. there were lots of Australian tourists apparently that had unwittingly eaten dog meat there. Um, Tanya, can you give us a quick recap of the outcomes of that? Okay, uh, from memory, Animals Australia did a three-month in undercover investigation. Um, they they covered a lot of area of, of Bali. They found that the vendors were selling dog meat as chicken to unsuspecting tourists. Um, when that was brought to the light of day, the Balinese government decided that, okay, this is not good, we're going to outlaw the, the consumption of the dog meat in Bali, um, so it wasn't it was it wasn't illegal prior to that. No, okay, no, no, and no. it is and it's illegal now. I'm, I'm not, not sure if that's gone quite through. Quite sure of the up to date laws. Okay, that that's um, something I'm not really familiar with actually. And being an animals Australia investigation, mm-hmm. I don't want to speak on their behalf. Yeah, okay, sure. Yeah, so but I do know from recent postings on Facebook uh, with the BAWA, the the Bali. Uh, dog group over there that um, recently a a man was found drowning some dogs to sell. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was arrested. He was charged. Okay. Which is one of the first. So... Was he he charged under Animal Cruelty Act? Animal Cruelty. Okay. Yeah, so... Okay, so that's progress. Progress. Mm. Huge progress. Okay. Mm. And that was big news in Australia. Wasn't that on Four Corners or 730 Report or something like that? Yeah, really exposed. Because they're selling the dogs over there that have got rabies. Um, they're very sick. Some of the dogs can yeah, be very right. sick, and the implications for humans to eat a dog that's full of rabies yep. is not good. So, was that so, the motivation? Was the motivation, or the, the motivation, public health, or was the motivation animal cruelty? I think a bit of both. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, how did that investigation or that that progress made? Has that has that helped your campaign? Or has it has it made any progress for you? It's brought the subject to light. It's opened up um, the conversation yeah. of the cat and dog meat trade. Um, Bali's not that far from Australia. so And there's a lot of Australians that do, you know, go to Bali for holidays and things like that. And Yeah, probably number one. Yeah, and I think they were extremely shocked that, you know, they could have been consuming um, dogs whilst they were over there. Mm. So it's, it's definitely raised that awareness, hasn't it, Tanya, yes. in that sense that it's again, brought it to light, like you said, that, yeah, it's getting the subject spoken about, really. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Um, now, I have a confession. Um, <laughs> Monique, you forwarded me a video clip a few days ago that were yep. sh- showing um, cats and dogs being prepared for the meat, meat trade, and, yep. and I started watching it, but I was sitting there with, with my own sweet rescue dog and my Absolutely. dear old cat, and yes. after about a nanosecond... I thought, I just can't do this. And and it was also just before bedtime and I knew that if I watched it, I would have nightmares. Yes. And I I just couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to watch it, which I know is really pathetic, really lame. So I didn't watch that clip. So can you, could one of you please talk me through um, what actually happens to dogs and cats as they are being prepared for the plate? Well, it's, it's, I know this will be this grueling. Yeah, it's it's a hard one, isn't it? It is it's, a hard one. It's extremely graphic. But, but it, we need to know. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, slaughterhouses in in 
let's say let's use China as an example. Uh, some slaughterhouses in China, uh, the, the dogs are taken in, they're hit on the head with a piece of wood or a, a steel bar. Uh, we rendered uh, not unconscious, but um, unable to move. Stunned. Stunned. Yeah. Stunned. Yeah. They then had their throat slit. They then had boiling, boiling water poured on them, or they're boiled alive, or they're blowtorched alive, they're skinned alive, um, they're deferred nail. alive, and then cut open. So it's it's. Is that the same for cats? Cats cats suffer excruciating pain. They um, they quite often half drown a cat. Then they'll electrocute them. Then they'll finish drowning them again to, to finalise the drowning. Um, and that's all that standard process. It doesn't sound, if you're just running a slaughterhouse, that doesn't sound in a very efficient way to kill animals, does it? No, no. But at it's, all. it's a very labour intensive thing to kill an mm. animal that doesn't, if you mm. want to be an efficient killing mm. machine. Mm. Uh, they're of the belief that the more adrenaline that is going through the animal's body at the time of death, the tender the meat. Uh-huh. It has uh, better medicinal purposes. That the gentleman's penis will be enlarged if it has had more adrenaline in the meat when the animal's killed, regardless of whether it's cat or dog. Is that the same? Regardless. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that's regardless of any animal. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. The adre- so adrenaline is adrenaline. A, is the big thing. Mm. Yep. So they're deliberately um, torturing. torturing the animal. Yep. Yet a lot of a lot of the slaughterhouses in Asian countries, again the word humane, not that killing an animal is humane, are quite humane. They will they will do it as quickly and as humanely as possible. What is what what is how do you define the humane killing of a cat or a dog? Like what compared to the, the torture of Yulin, compared to. Another, say, Zhenzhou in, in China. Can you, you'll have to tell us about Yulin and Zhenzhou in a minute. Because, <laughs> That's another thing. We'll but, so, yeah, um, what, but what are, those, what, are those, what are those humane ways? Is it, is it a, like just having their throat slit? I think so, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, the torture is the idea to um, extend the suffering for as long as possible? As long as possible, yes. Okay. Because yep. um, we see a lot of images on social media. Of these of the animals being tortured, and I'm, you can't help but wonder, like, surely that's a an extreme, a one-off event. That's no. that's got to be just no. something. No, that's just a photo opportunity. It's a daily, hourly, minute occurrence. Right. Mm. To abuse them for as long as you can before death. Yes. yes. Um. Surely, the you know, trying to kill a cat or a dog is a uh, you risk injury to yourself. How do, how do they prevent injury to themselves? Dogs and cats are bound. Their paws are bound. Their mouth is bound. So they can't move. They can't bite. Um, they can't go anywhere to do anything. Right. To hurt them. So And plus, if you see them, they use a long prong right. to grab the animal around the neck. Okay. Which is about a metre long. Right. Uh, and then someone else will come up with a... A piece of wood or a bar, and they hit the dog on the head. Right. So renders stuns them. Right. Yeah. So this is oh, it's just I'm trying to get my head around um, the the extent of the suffering. So this the suffering really is greater than um, even factory 
factory farmed animals like cows, goats, sheep. You know, this is this is deliberately factoring in mm. suffering if, at a systemic level. Mm. If if we did what happens to these animals in slaughterhouses here in Australia, there would be public outrage and the slaughterhouse would be shut down. Mm. There yeah. is... Yeah. It's incomprehensible, some of yeah. the treatment. Because this isn't just rogue behaviour, this is this is the standard practice. Standard practice. You know, this the deliberate and routine causing of this suffering, yeah, it's something that you'd normally attribute to a psychopath. If it, Absolutely. If it, if it happened here in Australia, you'd yep. say that behaviour is psychopathic behaviour. Absolutely. And you'd hope that people would be locked up forever because it is, is, it's just completely... You can't um, comprehend it, you can't can you? Comprehend you really it. can't. But so surely where this is occurring, not all these people who are doing this surely are psychopaths. Because if it's happening at a at a systemic level, at a at an industry level, they can't all be regarded psychopaths. So what's what's the difference? What's going on here and what's the difference? How do people who are not psychopaths do this? I don't understand how anyone can kill an animal regardless. Period. Whether it be cat, dog, cow, sheep. But if you're doing, if you're torturing them, how can a, how can someone torture an animal who's who's not a psychopath? But it's almost like it's it's their belief, I guess, and they they really do believe that again, the more adrenaline heightening to the animal's mm. body, you know, the, the mm. better the meat. So it's almost like they shut that off, that emotional okay. side off to you know, this is my job, this is what I've got to do, this is how I put food on the table for my family. Yeah, okay, um, and they lose that. You know that emotional side of it. I th- I believe that's what it is because it's their yeah. own disconnect. Like yeah, we they have just our disconnect. Dis- yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. right. They just totally disconnect from it, and it's yeah, it's their way to put food on the table. You know? Yeah, okay. It's their job, I guess. Now, Tanya, you talked, you mentioned earlier about Yulin and what was it Zheng Zhao? Can Zheng you expand Zhao. on what's Yulin and Zheng Zhao? Yulin is a a dog slaughter festival which started 10 years ago. This is its 10th year. And where's Yulin? Yulin's in China. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, about 10,000 dogs, cat, 5,000 cats will be slaughtered in the, the 10 day from the 21st of June till 30th of June. And for the purpose of eating? For the purpose of consumption. It's actually the slaughter now of the cats and dogs has been put behind closed doors. It is that graphic and that horrific and that uncomprehensible that they have now, that the government there has now asked that the slaughter be done behind closed doors. Whereas the first few years it was done in public view. Mm-hmm. And does that mean behind closed door because they don't want tourists seeing it? Or, Correct. or are there other Chinese people who are going this who are also going, this is yes, yeah, abhorrent. A, a lot of um, a lot of people want it stopped. A lot of people worldwide, including the Asian community, want it stopped. It's yeah, okay. just barbaric horrific. and horrific. And mm. it's a te- this is, like I said, the 10th year. It's not custom. Mm-hmm. It's not so tradition. It's, it's quite new. It's quite new. Mm. So this is this also involves that same level of torture and suffering. Yes, that's yes. part of yeah. that's part yes. of the package. That's the Yulin. That's the Yulin festival, festival. Is the torture of the animal. And there's ten thousand, ten thousand dogs and cats that they um, slaughter in that particular time frame for this festival. And where are the, where are they, those animals sourced from? Are they strays and or are they strays? Farmed? Family pets. Well, they say yeah, stolen. seventy, seventy, seventy to eighty percent are stolen pets. Wow. Um, in this whole, um, the whole the whole trade itself, 
Um, so, you know, there's these thieves jumping fences and, and stealing people's companion animals and then mm. taking them and then, you know, slaughtering them and doing these horrible things to them. And, you know, it's mm. it's just horrific, absolutely horrific. This. There's no animal cruelty laws in China. Mm. Oh, right, and if, okay. And now if a dog's of a certain height, it can be killed on the street. The police can remove it from you while you're walking your dog down the street and they can club it to death in front of you. Um, and there's been cases of that too, Tony, cases hasn't there? recently. Yeah. Well, yeah, every day. It's crazy. Yeah. I do find it fascinating, though, how there's so many people that are outraged by the cat and dog meat trade and, and these um, dog meat festivals that you mentioned – and rightly so, but they then don't, they don't think twice about sitting down to a plate of eggs and bacon mm. and then opening a tin of kangaroo meat to feed mm. their dog. I mean, how's that for a disconnect? It's know? crazy. Isn't yes. it crazy? Yes, because it you see it on social media whenever the yeah. Yulin Dog Meat Festival They've comes up. They've got a up, picture of a pig or a – yeah. But the, 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 nut, the outrage is, is palpable. Yes. While people are stuffing a burger in their face. Do you know? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is I think it's, amazing. People have that emotional connection with their companion animals. We majority of us have dogs, cats, yeah. um, you know, birds, or mm. whatever the case is. Um, that they can automatically make that emotional connection mm. with that animal because they look at their pet and go, "That could happen to my, you mm. know, my little dog or mm. or whatnot." Um, yeah. But it's it's also trying in future as well to break down that wall to say, "Well, hang on, what is the difference between a dog and a pig?" Mm. There's nothing. No, there's there's not. absolutely nothing. Yeah, you know? it's a perception. Yeah, it's just, yeah, exactly. It's just a perception thing. Mm. Yep. Um, and, yeah, just trying to break that down, that they're both the same. That's right. Now, there's so many people who are pointing the finger at specific cultural sections of the community regarding this issue, you know, because it seems like in Australia, mm-hmm. it seems to be largely an issue within specific Asian communities. And I've seen like I've seen on social media horrible racist slurs. I can see that this would you're dealing with the same potential problem here. What's what's your position on on the racist overtones that can come about through these campaigns? I know this is a tricky one. Yeah, it is a bit of a tricky one. Um, this is happening worldwide, so it's not necessarily pointing the finger at people individually, like oh, you know this is happening because of these people mm. or that where it's yeah it's happening worldwide um i don't know if you've got more sort of to yeah. elaborate with that tanya so it is a really tricky i just i'll read something that was written earlier okay it might yep. be the best way for me to describe okay. mm-hmm. uh, one major reason international communities reluctant to get involved is because they're afraid of being called racists mm-hmm. for objecting to another another's culture the sooner we make it clear to society, our politicians and everyone we know, that it was a political perversion, not culture, that led to the torture and widespread consumptions of dogs in China, the easier it will be for us to put a stop to this trade. So, yes, we do get the, the racist card all the time. You're being racist, you're targeting yeah. Asians. Mm. Yes, we are targeting the Asian community's cultural belief because... It is proven that it's not it's not culture. It was yeah. brought in by the, the the dynasty many many thousands of years yeah. ago. It's, it's we don't we don't. It's these areas that it's it's happening at, and it's pretty black and white that these countries, you know, are, are do yeah. are performing this horrific yeah. um, trades, and yeah. 
you know, it's, yeah, it's. So how do you stop, how do you, with this, the campaign that you're working with and you've got the march coming up, do you have measures to stop it descending into cultural demonization? Like what do you do when on your, on your Facebook page, when there's racist slurs, when people start the horrible racist name calling and, and this demonization, do you have measures in place or do you plan to put measures in place? Definitely. I think it's something that we need to look at. We haven't touched wood. We sort of haven't had that issue um, as yet and hopefully we, we don't. Um, but it's definitely something that we would need to put sort of measures, you know, in place to to stop that from happening because, yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if what race they are, it's, they're a person, you know, and they're, yeah. they're doing this regardless if they're black, white. Yeah. Asian, Australian, yeah. or, or whatever the case is, um, it's the fact that it's horrific and it's yeah. it's got to be stopped regardless because yeah. these animals, you know, they're they're really suffering. Yeah. And and you but know, even it's... with your best intent, what do yeah. you do when your supporters get racist? Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of Asian supporters behind us. Yeah, great. Um, and a lot of a lot of the Asian comments from the a lot of the comments from from our Asian supporters is well. This is happening in our country. Mm-hmm. We do need to raise awareness. Yep. We're not being racist. This is what's happening. Yeah. It's, it's, um, we're actually finding that the racial card is being played by people who don't really understand what's happening. Mm. Or it's, Racism always comes from ignorance, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And, absolutely. Um, they don't understand what they're, what's happening or, or they they choose to use the, well, you eat pigs, cows, chickens, we eat cats and dogs. Yeah. What's the problem? Mm. Yeah. It's a very good point. Yeah. Isn't it? It is. It really is. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how the racism comes about. Mm. So we all have our blind spots. Yeah. That's right. And our blind spots, we've got more blind spots so we can poke a stick at. Exactly. And I think people need to look in their own backyard sometimes before they start pointing the finger. And like we've organised a, um, a petition that's in Chinese that we're going down this week to say Chinatown, for example, to see if there is a bit of support there to get some you know signatures yeah. on the petitions to say that we stand with you and Fantastic. and vice versa that yeah. we're in this together. You yeah. know, it's great. It's not pointing the finger like you're this kind of person or yeah. that kind of person. Yeah, right. We've we've got to do this together. We've got to come together yeah, for great. the animals. Yeah, you know, great. It's as simple as that, really. Yeah, good. I hope you can um, wrangle. Um, any sort of rogue supporters you might have, because I know it can. I've seen the fest, the, the comments that come up at the Yulin time of year, and it's yeah, ugly. And it it's, does get ugly, you're right. And it's it really horrid, does. and it's not helpful. It's really, really it's counterproductive. Ugly. That's right, exactly. It's not helpful. It's not helpful for the animals because at the end of the day, they're the victims. Yeah, you know, not us. Yeah, yeah. Like we're trying to achieve liberation for for all. Absolutely. Now you're all organising a march. That's scheduled for next Saturday, the yes. 2nd of June, yes. 11 a.m., Yep, Melbourne's Treasury Gardens. Yep. Now, last time I looked at the event page on Facebook, there was something like um, 1,500 people that are interested in attending, yeah. which is, which is just fantastic. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. So it's yep. from us, you know, like just, <laughs> I shouldn't say it's like nobodies, but, you know, trying to sort of make a difference. It's amazing. We've got over 1,200 saying that they're interested in the event. Um, over 300 that are saying that they're going. Um, there's also more people that actually aren't on Facebook that are attending as well. So for the first event in Melbourne ever for the dog and cat meat trade, um, it's it's pretty good. You know, we're, we're yeah. certainly really happy and yeah. 
it's just our aim for it is to raise awareness about the trade. Um, excuse me, sorry. We'll also have petitions and things like that to change the laws here in Australia. Um, so Will the media be there? Have they been invited? They have, yeah. We, yeah. Um, we're doing a press release and all that sort of stuff yeah, as great. well to try and, again, raise some awareness and stuff. And I guess the the more awareness that we do raise, the more power we have in numbers, the yeah. more chance we have of actually stopping this all together. We have some fantastic speakers who will speak. Yeah, which is exciting. Which we start announcing uh, tomorrow, Monday. Okay. So we won't give that away today. Okay. Um, Stay tuned. But uh, great speakers. Everyone will know these people and it's great to have them on board. Yeah, so So thank you to them if they're listening. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I know that this march is part of a... It's a, a part of a worldwide awareness day, right? That's right, yeah. So are there other similar events taking place in yes. Australia? Yes. Uh, there is, yeah. So, sorry. Uh, Sydney, there's one definitely in Sydney, Perth, I think Perth, as well. Brisbane. Brizzy, um, and also internationally, the UK, Canada, um, USA. Um, and that was all started by a lady by the name of Gillian Taylor mm-hmm. who started the Worldwide Awareness Day. Right. Um, and, yeah, she sort of pushed this to to go internationally so thank you to her as well to you know mm. she's done so much work to to get it out there but um yeah it will be happening on that day all around the world which is That's great amazing great yeah. thing to be part of yeah definitely um so what are the specific objectives for the campaign as a whole like what what are you hoping to achieve specifically from from this campaign obviously you want to stop yeah, the eating of dog and cats. Of but, course. But can you break it down? So obviously to to raise awareness again of the trade. Um, also something in future that Tanya and I are looking to push is to prohibit the consumption of dog and cat meat Australia wide. Okay. So that's the next step after this. So you're talking the legislation. Yes. Yeah. So going to to government and and getting that legislation, which we need to sort of start from the ground okay. up with that. Um, and taking petitions and things like that that we get signed or signatures onto. Um, Is that at a state level or a federal level? Or it will start at a state level okay. Victoria, and then go up, and we'll progress from there. Okay. So. Have you got sympathetic ears in in government? We have yeah. approached a few people. Okay. Yes, and they're. they're Willing to help. Willing us. to help. Yeah, they're, they're keen to help. Yeah, um, which is great. And like we're just starting off on this. So that after the rally, we'll be head down and bum up. Yeah, okay. With, with that. that, so fantastic. We can let you know how that goes at a later date. Yeah, yeah. I would love to know. Yeah. So apart from the march that's yep. on next Saturday, um, it, obviously you want as many people to attend that as possible. Absolutely. What What else can people do to help this campaign? Like if they can't attend the march, what else can they do to so participate? We've got um we've got a page that we've just set up, which is the Stop the Dog and Cat Meat Trade uh, Melbourne page. Is this are you talking Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. Okay. Um, and also the website, which is the Stop and Dog Cat Meat Trade Worldwide website. What's it called? Sorry. So it's www.stopthedogandcatmeattradeworldwide.com. Okay. Um, there's numerous petitions and things like that on there um, that people can sign and sign up for. Um, also with the event page, uh, sorry, not the event page, the page that we have created, that's where we'll be putting any future events that we okay. do, information, 
um, petitions, etc., will be going onto there so they can always keep an eye out okay. um, onto that to see how that's going and, you know. Okay, fantastic. And sorry, just to add to that, if people could email their local members. Oh, yes. Uh, put in Ryan and get it out there. Get, yep. and get everyone Australia-wide to support this and start emailing their local politicians. Okay. Get the It'll pressure. Yeah, easier. put the pressure on. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, there's one one other question I wanted to ask you before we go, and it was a sort of a personal question from my own experience. I, several years ago, I was backpacking through Vietnam, and I was on a little moped scooter thing, and I on the highway, and I passed. I saw a a truck mm. loaded with wire cages. Mm. They were, and it was crammed. All those cages were crammed full of dogs, and it was immediately evident to me what was going on. I knew I recognised mm. what that was, what was going on, and I was riding my scooter. So I, I had agency to stop or follow or do whatever was necessary. But I was, I mean, I was devastated, and but I was completely useless. I didn't know what to do. And I'm thinking for next time, because, I mean, a lot of Australians backpack through Vietnam or wherever mm. and see these things mm-hmm. happening. What, what should we do? What should I have done in that situation? Is there anything I, I can do or do I just... Oh, you know. Look, a lot of the times there isn't a great deal you can do, but if you've got your phone on you and you are able to access the internet, mm-hmm. the country you're in, the, the town that you're in, if mm-hmm. you can type in a shelter, type in rescue, type in something, yep. and they will normally give you links because there is so many shelters and so many people that will go and rescue these animals on behalf of a shelter. So people will they'll stop a truck? Put a post on Facebook. Put important. Put a post on Facebook. A lot of this is. But done. what are you doing at that time? You know, because the truck's take a photo, moving. Put a post on okay. Facebook, and the activist world regarding this is so huge. Really, you'll be surprised at the response yeah, right. that you'll get. Like yeah. in a country like Vietnam, there will be a lot of people who come out of the woodwork. Yes, to oh, respond. absolutely. There's yeah, okay. so many different yeah, okay. groups, isn't there, that are fighting the cause, are fighting for the cause, um, that you can get in contact with, even if you were to write something on Facebook, say. Yeah, yeah, we're in China. You know, China groups for the dog and cat meat trade. Yeah. Um, and usually there's a list, like yeah. you know, a like list Thailand, of Thailand soy dog. Um, yeah. Okay. Michael Kors sound of animals. Um, there's thousands of groups. There's thousands of individual activists because okay. also too, you've got to remember no laws for animals in these countries. Yeah, okay. Although Taiwan has outlawed. Oh, so it is. So what I witnessed was legal. Was legal. Mm. But was there's legal. still people who are prepared to come and. Yes, and yes. to do something about it. Okay, yes. it's yeah. good to know. Yep. So, so the moral of the story is travel with your smartphone. Yeah, travel yes. with your smartphone <laughs> and take photos. Yeah, okay, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, look, thank you so much for you both for coming thank you in for today. Having us. Before you go, your just tell me your Facebook page again. Yeah, sure. So it's just the Stop the Dog and Cat Meat Trade, yep. Melbourne. Okay, that's the Facebook page. The event is under Stop the Dog and Cat Meat Trade Worldwide Awareness Day March. Okay. Um, and the website that people can jump onto, which is just the worldwide yeah. website for any yeah. further information or petitions or whatnot, um, is just www.stopthedogandcatmeattradeworldwide.com. Okay. Got it. Thank Excellent. you so much. Thank You're you. both doing amazing work. Thank Brilliant you so work. much. And um, I hope to see you next Saturday at the March. Excellent. Amongst Thank the you. thousands of people that are going to be there. Which that would is, be great. Which is great. Now, we're just going to have some community announcements. Anonymous for the Voiceless is holding a Cube of Truth video street outreach in Sydney's Pitt Street Mall. That's going to be next Thursday, May the 31st. 
Then there'll be another Cube of Truth in Townsville on Friday, June the 1st. Truth Walkers are doing a, a video street outreach at the Vivid Sydney Festival at Circular Quay. That's also on Friday night, June the 1st. Then June the 2nd, as we've just talked about, there's going to be a march at the Melbourne's Treasury Gardens to stop the, the dog and the meat eating trade. Animal Activist Collective are doing their routine street outreach in Melbourne's Swanston Street on Saturday the 2nd of June. And Anonymous for the Voiceless will be holding more cubes of truth in Melbourne, in Hobart, in Launceston and on the Mornington Peninsula on Saturday, June the 2nd. There'll be a rally to demand better protection of koalas in Campbelltown, Sydney on Sunday the 3rd of June. And there'll be an anti-vivisection chalking action at South Bank in Melbourne also on Sunday the 3rd of June. So details for all those events are on their respective Facebook pages and they will also make their way onto the Freedom of Species page. So that's it for today. You can contact Freedom of Species at our email address, info at freedomofspecies.org. We've also got a Facebook page and a Twitter page that you can follow us at. Many, many thanks to Monique and to Tanya for coming in today. You're both Thank you. awesome. Thanks for having us. Yep. And stay tuned for Psychedelia, which is coming up at 2 o'clock. I'm going to leave you with... Another song that was yes. picked <laughs> by was it was this one of your songs, Monique? Did you select yeah, this one? Yes, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we all agreed on it, but yeah, okay. Just um, thought it was quite fitting. Yeah, okay. So what's it called? It's called Mad World. Yeah. Um, and again, I cannot remember. Gary Jules. Ga- there you go, Gary. Gary Good Jules old and <laughs> someone Andrews. Michael Andrews. Michael Andrews and Gary Jules. This is Mad World. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.